Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 110 of Generation GC, Los Angeles Worldwide from Greatest Remixes, Good Charlotte's Remix album released in 2008. My name is Molly Huddleston, once again, and as always, I'm your host, as well as the producer, creator, and editor of this podcast. My guest today is Casey Kasem. She's a host of Get Real and a former mod at GC Naptown. Last time, we talked about Accident Prone, Crash, Catherine, Damn the Situation, Better Run, and Between the Bars, the bonus tracks from Cardiology. This is our last episode before a break, and when we come back on the next episode, we'll be talking about a song from Youth Authority. Casey Kasem lives in McKinney, Texas, which is in the Dallas area, and there she enjoys life with her wife and three dogs. Casey is a court clerk by day, but her passion is podcasting. She started her podcast, Get Real with Casey Kasem, because she is a former fantasy football writer for the Fantasy Footballers, and she wanted to know more about the business behind fantasy sports. I know pretty much nothing about fantasy sports, so I really enjoyed learning a little bit from Casey. Casey is also a huge fan of punk music. Her favorite band is Rancid, and GC is a big part of why she became a Rancid fan. And once again, Casey was a moderator for the Good Charlotte message board, GC Naptown, back in the day. And I know some of you listening were on that site. This episode is really nicely timed in terms of release. It was recorded back in January, actually, but works out to release it now because it is the first episode released since I moved to Los Angeles. Wow. Starting to feel settled in. I've unpacked and finally have hung some things up on my wall. So it feels like my space. Um, and it feels really good to be exploring my new city. Still a lot of, you know, learning my way around and learning what my spots are, like what coffee shop do I like, what restaurants, what grocery store. But I am really, really happy to be here. And on a personal level, I also wanted to share that I am continuing to do really well in terms of my chronic migraine and cervicogenic headache, which is a headache that originates in the neck. I still have pretty frequent migraine attacks and headaches, but I am having more days where I'm not in pain and my average pain level when I am in pain has gone way, way down. And on top of that, when I do need to take medication for a headache or migraine attack, medication tends to work a lot better and I can get back to my activities. It's really exciting progress. Um, I'm still not back to where I, I was maybe like a year ago, but it is a lot of exciting progress. It feels really good and I am very, very happy with how things have been going. So as I said, this is our last episode before a break. I don't right now have a timeline on when the next batch of episodes will be out, but just keep up on the socials and I will share everything on there. And before we go into episode 110, a few reminders. First, I am very much looking for guests for these new episodes that will be recorded over the next few months. I love having guests from all around the world and from all different backgrounds on Generation GC. If English isn't your first language, that's okay. As long as you're comfortable holding a conversation in English, you're good to go. And different backgrounds doesn't just mean location or ethnicity. It means ensuring a very gender and sexuality representation, representing fans of different ages and fans with your own unique life experiences of any sort. I want everyone listening to this show to feel like they are represented. And hey, if you want to come on the show, hit me up, reach out. You can reach out over email at generationgcpod at gmail.com or hit me up on the socials at generationgcpodpod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Finally, Generation GC stickers are here. If you do want a sticker, all you've got to do is support the show. Go to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash Generation GC pod and click support. 
that money goes right back into making the show the best that it can be. It helps me print and ship stickers. It helps me pay for Dropbox storage. I'd like to have everything back up. It helps me pay for laptop risers, headphones, cables, notebooks to take notes. And it is so much appreciated. So support the show. Send me a screenshot of your support as well as your mailing address. And I will send you stickers. You can send that over via email, generationgcpod at gmail.com or socials, generationgcpod, P-O-D on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to episode 110. So Los Angeles Worldwide is track one on Greatest Remixes. Good Charlotte's 2008 um, Greatest Remix album, if you will. It is uh, a, a album that remixes many of their greatest hits. Uh, you know, that's the name really says it all. It's sort of a new song. It, it's like a follow-up to Waldorf World Ride from the self-titled. It's like a, a riff off of that. Um, I don't know, Casey, do you think this qualifies as a new song or is it like a, a remix, say a play off of Waldorf Worldwide or does it count as a new song entirely? Um, it's like, yeah, it, it walks that fine line. It's a, like a sequel, like, yeah, like a, yeah, continuation. I guess their turn take on remix is let's remix a song. Let's take Waldorf Worldwide and kind of like interpolate that with what's going on current at their current time. Yeah. It, yeah. So, <laughs> right. So the answer, like, it's like sort of. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah it's like, uh, you can, I mean, you could go with it either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, track two on this album is Anxiety, which is like an actual new song. Uh, there's two other new songs on this album, Fight Song and War, which was not the same as the track called War on Youth Authority. Los Angeles Worldwide is also a remix by Junior Sanchez, stylized capital J-N-R S-N-C-H-Z, who executive produced the album alongside Josh Madden, the twins' older brother. Uh, Junior Sanchez is a record producer, DJ, artist, remixer, and record executive from New Jersey. He was raised in, and this is per Wikipedia, so <laughs> I don't know if this is all totally accurate, but what I did get from Wikipedia kind of makes sense. Um, per Wikipedia, he was raised in the Iron Mounds neighborhood of Newark, New Jersey, which is like a very working class neighborhood of Newark and has been in the music business since he was 17. So to me reading that like that alone shows me that there is likely some connection with good charlotte right coming from like a working class background but also being like near a really big metropolis you know for junior sanchez being near new york and for the maddens being near dc um i think that's that's definitely the connection and Whenever Good Charlotte talk about, you know, the bands that they manage on MDDN, oftentimes we'll talk about, oh, well, you know, we talked to them about their background and where they come from. So I, I imagine there's some of that. Um, they also feature, or I think it's just the twins. Like, I don't think it's the whole band. I'm not sure. But Good Charlotte is credited as featuring <laughs> on Junior Sanchez's song, Elevator. And I don't know if you got to watch the video, Casey, but in that video is Paris Hilton. 
I didn't get to watch it, uh, but you know, you bring up Paris Hilton. Yeah, I was watching the OC the other night, and there was Paris Hilton too. So <laughs> she's everywhere. There we go. Yeah, I don't know if this was this may have been around the time she and Benji were dating. I don't know. Um, I did not look that closely into the timeline, but I mean, she also is a DJ, and like to this day, Paris Hilton is a DJ, and like. I watched her documentary in, I think it was 2020 that her documentary came out and she's DJing like in 2020, she's in 2020, she's talking about DJing like major festivals. So it's not actually that surprising to me that Paris Hilton, regardless of her connection with Benji Madden, who, you know, may have been connected with Junior Sanchez. It's not that surprising that Paris Hilton might be hanging out with someone like Junior Sanchez. Yeah. So, um, this was not a single. It has never been played live. Um, also, yeah, for anyone that has not heard me talk about Greatest Remixes, um, I don't like this album. Uh, <laughs> I think we read my review when we talked about the song Anxiety, but that was a long time ago. Um, maybe we'll read my review later. I don't talk about, I don't think I even quote any specific songs in that review. Um, but maybe we'll pull it up just for fun. It's on Amazon. <laughs> that will be fun. Well, Casey, we do have a lot to talk about with Los Angeles Worldwide. And, and maybe you will convince me to think differently on this album. I don't know. Or maybe you'll feel the same as I do. I don't know. We, we haven't even gotten into that yet. <laughs> but first, I want to help our guests get to know you. And the first question I'd like to ask is, when did you first hear Good Charlotte? And what were your first thoughts on them? You know, I... You know, I was thinking about this. I know I was in high school when I first found out about Good Charlotte. And I know that I'm not exactly sure how old I was, but I know that a lot of people in my school didn't know who Good Charlotte was. So I was kind of into them before everybody, which makes me sound like a complete tool. But a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, oh, we were watching some video. I don't know if it was like a drunk driving special where it's like, don't, don't drink and drive as teenagers, you should stay away. And motivation proclamation came on and, and people were like, this is a pretty cool song in this silly video about, you know, how, how they try to like push that on you and everything, which is good, which is good. But motivation proclamation came on and everybody's like, Whoa, this is a really cool song. I'm like, I know who they are. I got some of my friends involved in listening to them and everything. And it kind of went from there. So high school, good Charlotte was so important to me as a band. It was like the first time that I actually got into music that my parents weren't into. So it's pretty cool. It, that is like a big turning point, right? It's like the first time you get into a band that your parents yeah. aren't into exactly like that's that's big um it's it's a big moment the the other question i like to ask you all as we start getting into it is have you ever seen good charlotte live i have seen good charlotte live i've seen them live three times um let's see i saw them once at warp tour so you know that that was a great experience for me because i'd never been to warp tour before and so like being able to see them and, and see what what year was this? Do you remember? 2021? 20, I mean, not 2021. 20, 2001, 2002. I can't remember which one it was that they were on. I mean, they were on so many. But um, yeah, it was, I know that it was. So like right before Young and the Hopeless came yeah, out. Yeah, right before, like right before that. I think I was, you know, I could have been a senior in high school, but 
I just remember seeing them live with my sister was there with me. She was into good Charlotte at the time as well. And, you know, it was just a a cool experience to be able to see all that and see all these different bands, but to actually get to see good Charlotte when I was really into good Charlotte. And then we've seen them. My wife and I have seen them twice in 2016, one at a edge fest festival that they had here that I won tickets to. And I was like, sweet, of course we're going to go because good Charlotte's, you know, there. And I know Paramore was there and a couple of other bands that we wanted to see. And we saw them, you know, I was a big hit the lights fan back in the day as well. And so, you know, we, when they toured together, it was kind of like, okay, that's, Oh yeah. That's, super awesome so you know it was kind of brought me back to a time and it it was just a great experience it's very cool well I I do understand that nowadays you tell me that rancid is you know the number one for you so I would love to hear like when did you discover rancid and what makes them the number one you know it was probably around the same time that I did get into good Charlotte I was you know, everybody likes to say, good Charlotte's not punk, you know, and then you get these people that are elitists that want to like fight about genres of music and all that jazz. But I think Rancid's kind of a nice intro band into like punk rock because they are, yeah, because they're accessible, they're cool dudes. And, you know, you see the same kind of stuff in in good Charlotte you see in them where they are a close knit group of people. And, you know, I just like the, the, I was big into ska as well. So ska and punk kind of fusion, it it was something that just kind of made me excited. And so I had a friend that was really into Rancid. And so he kind of showed me the way. And then from there, I was just like, okay, I'm kind of hooked. I, I don't know if you've heard of this, but there are some reviews that call the first GC record ska punk. Eh, I mean, it's... I, I guess what it, I I don't know about that, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know, when when I'm listening to ska, there's usually like horns and stuff in it. Right. And I mean, I know rants. It's not really, but like they push that line. They kind of they're right there on the cusp of both. So it, it's nice. I like music that kind of takes a bunch of different genres and mashes it up. So you know, right. Good Charlotte doing all the stuff that they do is kind of exciting. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of. Good Charlotte fans, myself included, know Rancid through Benji being in the Fall Back Down video. I, that's how I found out about Rancid. I bought, forgive me, but I can't remember the name of the album, but I bought that album. I bought that CD at Sam Goody and it came with a t-shirt. Like, oh. like, <laughs> like, you yeah. did squished up like folded real small and all wrinkles but I was like this is so cool and I'm gonna wear this to school and nobody's gonna make fun of me and tell me I'm a poser because I'm wearing a rancid shirt and they still call me a poser oh yes yeah um (laughs) but you know so so that's an obvious one like any good Charlotte fan would probably know the song fall back down what other rancid songs do you think a good Charlotte fan should check out well, Ruby Soho is probably one that is one of those songs that a lot of people have heard, even if you don't know that you've heard it. It's just okay. it kind of broke them too, I guess, and kind of made them become quote unquote posers because it mm. got main you know mainstream success and everything. So I would say that my favorite rancid song is Radio. And um I think that it it's it just has a I don't know, it's just a feel-good song. I just like it. It's just, it's a good. And I think that everybody who is a good Charlotte fan, if they check that song out, maybe they'll be like, okay, you know, this is a pretty 
awesome band. It's a nice, you know, and, and the fact that Good Charlotte can help bridge that and, and get people into bands like that. And I know that Rancid really loves the fact that like more people started listening to them because of Good Charlotte. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, the albums Outcome the Wolves and yes. Let's Go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the two that I like listen to religiously. And so, you know, those two albums, I would say, are definitely definitely worth checking out especially if you're a good charlotte fan just because of the connection and and the time frame and everything kind of fits in so definitely would do that amazing very cool well casey we connected back in i think it was like november we connected on twitter after you had tweeted about gc naptown (laughs) the good charlotte message board that you have been a moderator for i mean for anyone that was not familiar and for those of us who, you know, were familiar, but, you know, obviously it's been a minute. Um, tell us about GC Naptown and, you know, how how did you come to be a part of moderating that site? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't good Charlotte, you know, when when you're a high schooler, you, you and the Internet's new and everything else mm-hmm. is, you know, I, I kind of found myself drawn to this message board. I don't know how exactly I did, but connecting with so many people on there that like the same stuff that I did. Not There's just like a big Charlotte. Internet community. Around it was a commu- Charlotte, yeah. Exactly. And, and and to have all those people have my back through like hard times in my life and things like that. It's just crazy to even think that these strangers on the Internet actually turned into my friends and all of That's that. Cool. So, you know, I was a big part of that site for a while I was always posting over there and they had moderator uh, they had announced that they were looking for new moderators and I kind of just threw my name into the hat and and hoped that they'd they'd select me and they did and that was super awesome and so I I was quote-unquote moderator but I was more just making sure everybody was you know had the right size you know image in their signature mm-hmm. blocks and and all this stuff right but it was also a whole lot of fun and like i've had people from like my friend emma she lives in england but she stayed with me via you know knowing her through gc so naptown cool. so it's like i've got so many people that i still talk to from over there and just having that community was great and i even when i started listening to other music and i had a weird Ashley Simpson phase for a minute. Let's (laughs) like, I was known over there as that girl. So like, um, but it was just cool that you could talk to a bunch of people and, and the moderating part of it was just made me feel like even more included in in a group. It was just a really awesome experience to be a part of. That's cool. And I, and I love that it was something that allowed you to kind of build a community, even as you, you know, your, your, your interests, branched off and i mean how long ago did that site die i mean years (laughs) it was oh yeah they tried to bring it back i don't know how that went because i didn't actually go back um (laughs) i I don't know It, it was a time in my life when it was like you know when you're in your early 20s and stuff you're you know you have all the time and all the you know you're not out doing crazy stuff and 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 so it yeah, it was a while back that it that it actually dissipated, but I don't I don't know. Sometimes I'll go back to like the Wayback Machine and just kind of like reminisce about <laughs> better times and all that fun stuff. But yeah, uh, it's been a while. Wow. Well, before we go into our deep dive on Los Angeles worldwide, there's one more thing I want to ask you about, which is get real. This is your podcast about 
the fantasy sports industry. Um, so I will be honest, I haven't gotten to like listen to it. I know nothing about fantasy sports, like other than <laughs> it, it's like you're kind of sort of making a dream team based on okay, this is this person has done really well, and this person, this other team has done really well. I mean, tell me about this this passion of yours and and give me like an overview of the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I became passionate. I've always been a f- football fan. I, I grew up in the Dallas area, Dallas Cowboys fan. And my friend had asked me to join his fantasy league before I even knew what fantasy football really was. And I kind of got hooked instantly. And so being a part of Twitter now, that community, uh, the fantasy football community is huge over there as well. So it's kind of like looking back at GC Naptown and seeing the same kind of stuff happening with the fantasy football community and the fantasy sports community in general. And I was just involved in Twitter, that Twitter sphere of of fantasy players. And then somebody had asked me if I wanted to actually write. I'd never written content before. So I was like, okay, cool. And then from there. So so what does that mean to like write content for fantasy sports? Yeah. So with that, see, I always act like people know and (laughs) I forget that not everybody knows. Um, Yeah. Writing content. So basically what I didn't know what it was either. Like, what do you want me to write about? So basically I was writing articles to help people out with what kind of players are you, do you want on your fantasy football team that maybe you can get because you draft, you draft these players that maybe you can get later. So like, you're not paying a huge premium to get a guy, but he's going to actually end up being super awesome. So like, I I would write about that. I would, my first article I ever wrote about was old guys that were in the league, like guys, quote unquote, old, like 30 plus guys that are like actually worth having on your fantasy football roster. And so I just kind of broke down why they are still valuable assets why you should and so it was a lot of like there was a learning curve for me because i can talk about fantasy football all all day long but when it comes to actually like putting the words down and trying to help people you're giving advice to people you're you're trying to help guide them you're not giving them you should draft these people but you're giving them a look at why you think these players are good or why you think these players are not going to be good for your roster and a lot of people go into like it's like learning how to package the information in a way to make sense it's it's like what is the point of this article like is it informative is it persuasive is it instructional yeah 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 and yeah exactly and and you have to look at what the audience is that you're writing for because uh, a lot of people play like these higher up leagues that are crazy that my brain doesn't even know how to to comprehend and so I want to be able to give out advice that even somebody that's a casual fan or somebody that has never played fantasy football before people because people get like really into it and, oh my and gosh. Yeah, spend for sure. so much time like researching and like, but for also sure. people literally just will like <laughs> not even roll the dice, just kind of go, you know? yeah. Oh yeah, and and you know, and, and it, at the end of the day, like you're putting out this content, anything can happen in fantasy football. So yeah. like, I think one of the biggest things is people being worried that whatever content they're putting out is 
going to be bad or not right. And it's like, every, it's basically opinions anyway, you know, people right. saying this is why. So the podcast came around because I was tired of writing and <laughs> I wanted to, I really do like talking to people. So I wanted to put out content for people who were interested in getting involved in the fantasy space, like putting out content, putting out either videos or podcasts or articles, cool. so on and so forth, and kind of get the backstory of people that are in the industry. So, and also to help me out too, because I don't know what I'm doing. Cool. It sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Yes. Very cool. Well, let's get into Los Angeles worldwide. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm so happy to have you on the show and I was so happy that you mentioned a song. I mean, you had suggested a few, um, but I think you were the first person that's ever mentioned Los Angeles worldwide. So I was like, well, let's talk about this one. Um, why did you mention Los Angeles worldwide? Well, um, like you said, a, lo a lot of the song you had told me earlier, a lot of the songs have already yeah. been done. And, and I, my good Charlotte fandom was an earlier good charlotte fandom i'm still a fan of good charlotte but not like i was so i was like well right. what song on have i listened to and listened to enough that i also kind of is nostalgic nostalgia is big with me and and i know uh that that song just having that connection to waldorf worldwide and and just being kind of a fun song i i liked it enough that i was like yeah because i was a big cobra starship fan too and it kind of gives me that kind of vibe of the dance punk a uh, pop fun kind of lifestyle and having fun it's like so. extremely 2008 oh yeah. yeah 2008 to a t perfect like a purple american apparel apparel oh which my gosh. again cobra starship yeah cobra Star i mean hello i i own like three of those so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it very very cobra starship and i think i mean as we go into the kind of interpretation of the song i mean you know like a, a big theme in in good charlotte's music kind of overall is hope right, right. Mm -hmm. hope and optimism and like yes like we have been through shit but like dude we're gonna keep on keeping on and and you know this is this song is like we've like we fucking did it yeah we kept on you know? keeping on and now we kept on keeping on, right? It, it's so it's like by this point the twins were both have both been living in Los Angeles for a few years, right? Like mm -hmm. it, you know, Waldorf Worldwide, that to me, that's been like my kind of go-to, like I need a pick-me-up song lately, just because I mean it's just like so it's like almost at point Waldorf Worldwide is like painfully optimistic, honestly. Right. It's like they're so deeply hopeful it, that it's like they have this eternal like knowledge that like it will get better. Like they want to go to parties where there are no guns. They mm -hmm. will be self-made millionaires, even though they are like broke and like, you know, probably I think they said they were like living out of backpacks and shit. Like and then they get to this song and they're like no, I DJ the parties that don't have guns. Yeah. So it's like there there is something <laughs> that's like really sweet and in endearing about that, right? Right. And we all grew up, right? So like this is them growing up, you know, showing what can happen if you keep on persisting. And yeah, I, I the, the positive aspect of everything really was 
needed at that time, I guess. I, I guess that's why a lot of those bands were putting out in like in 2008 with the with this song with L.A. Uh, worldwide. Like, I don't know, that kind of stuff really connects. And uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I feel like, you know, the like 2008 sort of neon dance punk. It, some of that stuff was just very like messy and crude and not not yeah. necessarily like depressing but just like crude and yeah, sexual crude. and like that's <laughs> fine and that's great and that's also fun um but this is yeah more like uh, like pride right like yeah. like accomplished right um, exactly i want to like get into the lyrics of this and the amazing lyrics <laughs> yeah yeah i think let's let's kind of go through i have the lyrics hold up and we're just gonna kind of <laughs> go through and we're gonna say what we think of kind of some of the like i guess the stanzas the verses everything everything is gonna be all right i that's yeah. I think that's pretty much word for what they say in Walter <laughs> Robot, right? Everything's yeah. going to be all right now. Yeah. From Baltimore to Los Angeles, from 99 to the year we're in. Which is a great time period. <laughs> I, I, I know. It gives us no perspective on how much time has passed. To now. <laughs> and it, it does tell us, right, to, to now. And it, it does imply that, like, Baltimore, Baltimore is bad and Los Angeles is great. That, you know. We started out in a friend's garage at the bottom of reaching for the top now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there you go. I'm, I, you know, these lyrics. <laughs> it's like, a, it's a, that's a kind of clunky line. It, it, a lot of the lines I think are kind of clunky, but I think they're, trying to have fun with it so the clunkiness was kind of in the time period was that's true was clunky so yeah <laughs> the video the radio the tv shows the magazines the movie screens that's our reality i mean that's a direct you know pretty line by line from Waldorf yeah. world drive right mm -hmm. i mean yeah music videos radio play tv shows magazines movie screens and mm -hmm. that is the reality Everything's going to be all right now. Get down, stay up all night now. Everything's going to be all right now. Everybody say it one more time. Then you just want to start singing. Yeah. Listen up because it ain't about the money. I live on the West Coast in this city that's sunny. I got a big house where my family lives. I'm out of town playing shows every other weekend. That's cute. It's cute. Yeah, it's a cute song. I think that... <laughs> Although it's kind of like, okay... It's not about the money, but also I have a big house. Yeah. So it's about the stuff. <laughs> right. But while well, it's, you know, I have the house where yeah. my family lives. Family right? lives. Taking care right. of those people that are important to you, which, I mean, is a vibe that they have. Definitely. Right. Right. No, and that's, that's a big thing, right? It's taking care of. And, and I think they said pretty early on that like one of the first things they did when they got their first big advance check was they like bought their mom a house or something yeah you know they want to take care of their loved ones um i dj parties where they got no guns 
I get paid to make them dance. I get paid for having fun. Okay, I'm sorry, but I get paid to make them dance. I get paid for having fun. That that sounds <laughs> like a Cobra Starship kind of line. Yeah, it, it, that is definitely. Uh, maybe that's what and, I mean. Like, that's got to be why I was drawn to this song. The IDJ parties where they got no guns. Like, if you didn't know Waldorf Worldwide, yeah. I don't think you would like appreciate that exactly. Um. With thugs and punks and any other type, we play this song and we sing it all night. Uh, saying everything's all right from the top to the bottom, from the bottom to the top, from the start to the finish. No, we just can't stop. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, Casey, no. No. Be aggressive. Be- I mean, it's just like... Everything's all right from the city to the hills and the streets to the beaches. It feels good to pay the bills and buy a new pair of sneakers. I love sneakers. <laughs> I love sneakers too. I, uh, but I know. <laughs> what did I write about this in my notes? Because yeah, I, I, I like say, pointed this out of my notes. Um, because like anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that like I'm usually like the one that is like defending like the cringy and like weird and admittedly sometimes just bad lyrics, saying that like no, they are like actually good. Um. <laughs> I don't know if I can defend beaches and sneakers. Um, yeah, it's a little. I I want to like say like the the kind interpretation of this is like okay, you know, maybe it was really symbolic for them to like be able to just like buy new sneakers because yeah. maybe like they sneakers were something they just like really specifically like never could afford growing mm-hmm. up and they like always had like falling apart old shoes and it was a really big deal when finally they made money and they could just buy new shoes all the time i don't know um but <laughs> i mean just sneakers uh I, they i mean they probably could have worked that a little better like thought that line out maybe and found something that rhymed a little bit better and made yeah. it a little bit more but like i get it i get it i've been at a point where it's like you pay your bills and you don't have any money left over and yeah to be able to actually pay your bills and have the money to like splurge on something. Yeah. Even if it's sneakers, you know? <laughs> well, and you know, that's, I feel like I learned this in like an economics class or something, but like, if you are not making much money, you know, you, and you need shoes, you're going to buy the cheap shoes. Right. right? And mm-hmm. those cheap shoes are going to fall apart and then you're going to need to replace them quicker. So right. then a, you're spending more money on shoes over time. And then B, you're never saving money and putting money away Mm -hmm. but if you like have more free-flowing cash you can just buy the hundred dollar boots and they're gonna last you longer Mm -hmm. and maybe like if you make more money you probably have a couple pairs of shoes that you can kind of rotate and then if one of them gets wet you can let those dry out and you can wear your other shoes for a day or two you know Mm -hmm. and and protect your shoes or you can get your shoes repaired so they last longer you know and you don't have to like think about Mm -hmm. every decision as much so i guess there is some symbolism i still think beaches and sneakers is like a crazy and awkward (laughs) rhyme there's absolutely like a lot of symbolism i think that can go into like shoes and sneakers yeah specifically but 
It's, you know, it kind of reminds me of like freestyle rapping because that's something I like to Mm. do and uh, not being able to come up with a rhyme. And so you just kind of try something and go with it. So maybe they were working it and they just, that's what they ended up with. Yeah. Said it didn't take me long to kick the welfare. It didn't take me long to get my share. Right. And Walter Worldwide, they said, all I want to do is kick Mm -hmm. the welfare. All I want to do is get my share. It must feel good to say, like, yeah, I did Yeah, that. and it didn't even take long. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> take away the platinum records, and I look what I got. I got my girl. I got my daughter. That's a hell of a lot. Yeah. That's that's pretty good, and you know, because it's like he's saying about how, yeah, like, I can buy all this stuff, but, hey, like, my family is what's the most important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no one's ever trying to shut this down. I'd have a party for the haters, but they're never around. I had dreams of putting food on other people's plate. Now we go to the arounds and they never make us wait. My police record said it doesn't exist. I'll show you all the meaning of a Christmas list. I'll show you all the meaning of a Christmas list. I'll show you, 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 show you, show you. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. We are so far from where we started out. These lives we lead without a care. Self-made millionaires, we promise you these lives we lead without a care. Yeah. And then, you know, we have some other reputation of other verses. The beaches and the sneakers. Yeah, beaches and the sneakers. <laughs> I don't know. I I can I I like I love the sentiment of this song. Yeah. Beaches and sneakers <laughs> on like, you know, I you know, I tried to listen to this song a few times to try to like yeah. see if that there was a hidden meaning behind anything, something I didn't catch. And now it's just going to end up being my like Spotify number one song, and I'm going to hate myself yeah. for that. But well, and I, I listened a few <laughs> times while I was doing the notes, and then I, I yeah. listen. You know, like I I always try to get to my desk, you know, a few minutes before I hop on, and then I right before I hop on, you know, I play the song and I then scroll through my notes. Yeah. Um. And I, I think if I have to guess, it's sneakers is just <laughs> symbolic of what we talked about, like yeah, having right. a little disposable income to buy right. the material goods that are not like life or death kind of, mm-hmm. you know, but that really impact your quality of life. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think beaches could just be like, I mean, not that Waldorf, Maryland is like totally landlocked right it's not a coastal town but it might just be symbolic of like they're on the opposite coast and it was like a big deal to like get to california kind of thing yeah something like that that would be my guess yeah i think that's a a good interpretation of that yeah um casey if i were to ask you what genre this song is what would you say (laughs) um i don't know we talked about like Like, cobra starship starship so whatever that like pop rocky fun i don't know it's, it's it's so hard because there's so much going on and plus it's you know you've got a dj that's involved in it a and lot going on is one way to put it yeah a lot going on as in yeah. like like the beginning i mean right when you hear the beginning of that remix it's like do i want to keep listening and then okay i will keep listening <laughs> but yeah yeah it, it's very dancey dancey pop kind of with yeah, the, with the with the alternative undertones, of course. I mean, it does. 
yeah, it like Cobra Starship is also like you know emo alternative guy yeah. that then starts this like dancey right. music project, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Midtown, and then right, yeah. Right. So dancey punky dancey punky it's it's got a bunch of different hands in the cookie jar or yeah it's yeah there's kind of get that rap feel to it too which was cool because like i started listening more rap during that time too so you get that kind of vibe going yeah yeah um so i don't have like there's not like a ton of backstory on this song, but I do have a few pieces I'm going to share on Greatest Remixes as kind of a whole. Um, the first is from Billboard. <laughs> a proposed Greatest Hits album was the impetus for Good Charlotte's upcoming The Greatest Remixes, which is due out November 25th from Epic. We just feel like even though we're in the process of making our fifth album and we have had a lot of hits, we're a little too young for a greatest hits album, guitarist Benji Madden tells Billboard.com. As his twin brother, good Charlotte frontman Joel Madden, we're not as accomplished as I guess we feel a band with the greatest hits should be. As the group prepares for the greatest remixes to roll out, good Charlotte is, quote unquote, in the beginning of making its next album in Los Angeles with producer Don Gilmore, though Benji says the group might bring in other producers as well. Joel describes it as probably the most good Charlotte record we've ever written, more rock and pop oriented with fewer dance and hip hop influences. Well, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Then, you know, they, they worked on a rock and pop record but mm. in the meantime, here is like a yeah. dance and hip hop yep. remix record. Yeah, let's get that. Let's throw that out there. Let's get that <laughs> out of our systems because yep, exactly. we just have to get out that out of our systems. Yep, get it out now. <laughs> I, I have to wonder what the conversation with like you know the A and R's at the label was like. They were like, guys, like we just we have to do this. We have to get this out of our system. Mm-hmm perfect time to do it <laughs> right we have to get this out of our system and the label is like fine but we're not like releasing a whole album that yeah, sounds yeah. like this and they were like fine whatever we're just gonna do it and yeah. call a bunch of friends yeah um there was an mtv article that like i don't know they so in the lead up to cardiology the like blink One Eight Two comparison was kind of made a few times because Blink was Blink announced their return from hiatus. I think it was like early 2009 because I was like just about to graduate from high school. Um, but they didn't put out any music until like the summer of 2011. So cardiology like came out within that time frame. So the headline of this MTV news article is Good Charlotte filled Blink 182's void on next LP. Hide fans over with remix album. And the subheader says, We had a lot of goodwill built up, Joel Madden says of game, follow boys, Patrick Stump, and more contributing to greatest remixes. There's nothing dancey on the record, though, at all, which is different from our last one, he said. Madden did say that he and his band are currently in the studio working on the new album, which is tentatively due in the summer. 
In the meantime, GC are tiding fans over with the November 25th release of Greatest Mixes. A sort of Greatest Hits package run through the ringer, featuring remixes by Fall Out Boy's Patrick Stump, Metro Station, and Junior Sanchez, to name just a few. We had a lot of goodwill built up. Everyone wanted to do it, and we were very lucky to have all these people involved, Madden said. We wanted to give our fans something to bridge us into adulthood now, where we're working on a record now and taking our time doing it. So again, you know, they're talking about how, like, yeah, so the next record is going to be, like, not dancey. But they don't, like, I I couldn't find anything where they, like, really explained this other than, like, they felt like doing it and they had a bunch of friends they called up, essentially. Yeah. (laughs) basically they wanted to have fun so they were like let's get our friends involved and just kind of put out a passion project and yeah (laughs) yeah um casey do you have any memories or stories that you want to share about los angeles worldwide um (laughs) memories and stuff i just know that i I mean honestly i don't (laughs) My wife listens to a lot of Good Charlotte. I don't think she's ever even listened to this song before. So if I played it for her, she'd be like, WTF is this? Um, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> you I know we should get her live reaction. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Maybe I, will. I might record it later in post. You know? But no, you know, the memories for that is just taking you back to a different time, taking you back and being like, OK. And, and also, like when I first heard it, it kind of I was at that point in my life where I was trying to better myself and I was trying to, to make something of my life. So to like, hear some guys who started off where they were and then got to be where they wanted to be like, that kind of gives you the hope and the inspiration. And so the positivity of it all, even if it is like wrapped up in a dancey hip hoppy, punky poppy kind of package, it's still, it, that still means something. So I, I, okay. I really did enjoy that. Right. Um, yeah it's something it's something it's something you know <laughs> so like yeah the positive, and it, like just bringing you back to 2008 i mean geez like you brought up the purple hoodies and everything it's just like yeah oh, i don't know why that i'm so nostalgic for that time but it just it happens i i just remember getting this cd i, I want to say for hanukkah um and listening to it like all the way through one time and going I hate this. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to this day, I, I've maybe listened to it the whole way through, like, one more time. Yeah, Los Angeles Worldwide is this, this the song, only song I've, like, I put on to. and spin yeah. it again. And Anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety, yeah. I love that song. Um, Something I like to touch on, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, but any other Good Charlotte songs that have kind of, like, similar themes? I mean... Waldorf Worldwide being kind of the obvious yeah, one. Yeah, that's here. kind of the obvious one. I don't know, because I was thinking about it and I was trying to like rack my brain for something, but mm-hmm. I wasn't finding anything that was like a big, you know, as Waldorf Worldwide obviously is like the, right. the key component there. But you could, I mean, you could probably see that a, a lot of influences from other songs, just like simple, like, you know, positive and all that stuff. But I couldn't find anything that was like, super direct <laughs> like yeah it was i wouldn't say there was anything like super direct i mean california came to mind for me just as another song that directly references california yeah um 
motivation proclamation just being another song about hope yeah you know i mean i just want to live is another song about fame and success but kind of the darker side of it Mm -hmm. if you will right Um, they're kind of showing different like it is cool to be able to see the different time periods and how the songs reflect what's going on at that time yeah they're different journeys that they've taken yeah well let's let's get into some responses to this song um there really was not much in the way of critical response to this album and i understand why (laughs) um i did find a review from reflections of darkness they gave it a 6.5 out of 10 they rated the music six and the sound seven which honestly like good charlotte as a whole has never been like a critics band in more recent years like in the two albums they've released post hiatus they have gotten a more favorable response from critics my hypothesis is that you know the people who grew up listening to good charlotte um by the time you know the two kind of post hiatus albums came out are starting to become the ones reviewing them right so that's kind of Mm -hmm. you know inspiring this like cultural shift to more reviewers like good charlotte i don't this this is you know still pre all of that also this this whole album like i don't know so i honestly think in general a 6.5 out of 10 is like pretty generous for this yeah. complete. <laughs> um also just in general like these kind of like remixy hits albums like don't tend to generally be that well received no they don't <laughs> um the dream of being famous and a bit rich should become reality for the two brothers, Benji and Joel Madden. In 1996, with 16, they founded their band, later named after a fairy tale. I don't, I don't know if this was translated or if this person is not a native English speaker, but this sounds a little awesome. Is in 1996, with 16, they founded their band, later named after a fairy tale, Good Charlotte. And after winning a newcomer's competition and with the support of a local radio station and two demo tapes, they released their first self-titled album via Sony. Twelve years later, they belonged to the most famous band in the pop-slash-punk genre and released four successful albums, and in 2008 added a remix collection to their discography. This one's the first remix collection in the entire band history, but except all the remixes included, there's one previously unreleased track called anxiety that is more up-tempo and very much puts the vocals to the fore and only has little synth gadgetry going on contrary to the junior sanchez remix of los angeles worldwide that has entirely electronic starting sequence and corresponding drums although like you know what's interesting is they call this the law the junior sanchez remix of los angeles worldwide is there a los angeles worldwide that was not remixed by junior sanchez that is a good question that i'd love to know the answer to because i I right yeah (laughs) i don't find anything like that (laughs) right um we have one review on rate your music that mentions the song it is from tfm 7858 they gave this album 4.5 out of 5. things start off with the amazing los angeles worldwide This might be my all-time fave GC song, actually. I just love it. It's just such a feel-good track. It doesn't have quite as much of a dance hip-hop feel as some of the other tracks on this album. Sounds a lot more like classic GC. 
It is a remake of the song Waldorf Girls Ride from their debut, but unlike that song, which talks about all the things that GC want, this new track discusses all the great things that GC have. It is just such a sunny, feel-great track. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't agree with the favorite song. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. But, yeah. you know, time, the time. So. Yeah. Um. So some fan comments we'll read on YouTube. These are a fan upload by Duff, Charlotte, and Natus. And these comments, there were a few negative ones, but overall they were overwhelmingly positive. Like, I was, like, shocked at how overwhelmingly positive the YouTube comments were. Disaster XXXXX3 said, I love how everything in this song is the opposite of Waldorf Worldwide. They've made it so far. I'm happy for them. Heart. Sorry, less than three. They turn their lives <laughs> around and they know how lucky they are. Ugh, I love them. Less than three. Crazy X Kid 09 said, I am freaking addicted to this song. Everything, everything, everything is going to be all right. Smiley face. 2008. <laughs> JM4 LAJF said, I've talked to someone who's heard their new album. He said, every track is amazing. And that's had like, Sounds like Blink's early stuff. So no more complaining, people. They are, always have been, and always will be awesome. Less than three. Oh my god, this next comment like literally sounds like something I would have written. <laughs> and I definitely wrote things just like this. Um, this wasn't me because I never had a screen name like this, but I definitely wrote <laughs> very similar comments to this on other, you know, videos and blog and stuff. T-T-U-G-C- E E E E said, I don't care what the haters say. If you're a real GC fan, you don't care if they try something new. I will love them whatever they do. And I think it's a good thing that they try new stuff. I've always loved GC and I will love them forever because they're the best fan ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tis Zeros, T I H S Zeros said, the original version was 1,000 times better. Alyssa FGT said, this song is just proof they're sellouts. I used to love this band to death ever since GMR just no. <laughs> okay. Over the Hills and Far Away 7411 said sellouts. Sellouts. Oh my gosh, such sellouts. <laughs> yeah. There were no comments on songmeetings.com, um, which was pretty disappointing because I don't know if you remember songmeetings.com, but that website is so good. And like, I felt like the comments section for this song would have been so good. And I, I was hoping people would like be, you know, argumentative and I would just have <laughs> such a fun journey reading the comments, but there yes. were none. Uh, there were none. Uh, uh Amazon, there was only one review that mentioned this song. It was from Susan Bonello. She gave it a five out of five and said, I think it's great, especially Los Angeles Worldwide, because it's a continuant of Waldorf Worldwide. And that's, that's, I think that's why all, so many people liked it. Yeah. In those comments was because, it, yeah, it was a continuation. I, I guess that's true. Cause they're, you know, coming off of Good Morning Revival, like, that album is like all about you know their life in Hollywood and stuff and and that could feel like really detached from where they came from and 
mm-hmm. you know, then you have this song that pretty clearly references where they came from. Right. Even though it sounds very different. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Casey, how has Los Angeles Worldwide held up for you over time? Uh, well, like all of the music from that era and that, <laughs> uh, it hasn't really, it didn't really hold up then. Honestly, you know, it, it, it it's a, like you said, remix. It's, it, you know, the kind of, sometimes the remix kind of, just feels like a throwaway. I mean, not just to say that this is a throwaway, but like, I don't think it's held up because like the sound isn't even popular anymore that was going right. on in that. So, uh, but for, if you want to take a nice look back, then it definitely like, oh yeah, that song in a nutshell right there. So it, it's good for the looking back, but I don't think it's held up very well. Right. I, I agree with you on the sound, just not holding up. <laughs> yeah. Um, <on> the sound. <laughs> I think, and to be honest, like I say shit like this all the time, and I, but like I, I don't think this needed to be a whole album. Yeah, you know they could have done like Los Angeles Worldwide, Anxiety, maybe one of the other new ones, and like a couple remixes, and not like you know seventeen whatever however many yeah. tracks it ended up being, um, and it wouldn't have kind of lost people with like just how much there was on there um made it like a little ep kind of short little thing and it almost the whole thing might have almost held up better mm-hmm. the like meaning of this song has held up for me right yeah. like the the pride right? right that's what i was talking about before like the pride in in the achievement of doing what they set out to do right mm-hmm. you know not just like hey look what we've done but like we did what we told you we were going to do, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we told, you know, people hit it on us and we did it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but the clunkiness of some of the rhymes, beaches and sneakers, you know, and, and just the cadence of some of it. I mean, it just, there's, (laughs) <laughs> you know, they don't sound like deft rappers no. that are really good at putting together rhymes, if you will. Yeah, right? and they kind of like squeeze a little bit in and try right. to... Like... And, and look, I know that, you know, the Maddens love hip-hop, right? Yeah. Um, however, I don't think this song puts their rhyming skills, like, on display in the best way. Like, they're they're lyrical like poeticism on display yeah. in the in the best way right um if they were you know starting from scratch if you will versus you know kind of trying to make an updated version of Walter Worldwide and starting from scratch and saying the things they do in this song yeah maybe something more sort of clever would have come out of it who knows who knows uh, really i mean <laughs> but you know i do like that you touched on the lyrics being you know like the, the fact that like the the idea is still something that holds up about because i mean you can listen to that song now and maybe the 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 sound doesn't really hit you but to, to see somebody's journey and to see how that they were able to do right. that like that's just very inspiring so that's that that is 
super red. Yeah. It's the the journey, right? The journey. And that is something that I think holds up about Good Charlotte overall, you know, it's like mm-hmm. they said they were gonna be famous and then they were. Right. You know, um, so I think that's cool. Casey, as we wrap up, you know, I'd love to check in and just see what has Good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed? Well, Good Charlotte, like I had told you earlier, you know, they were the first band that or one of the first bands that I got into that my parents weren't into. So that right there is just like something that's helped shape my musical taste and how I go about listening to music and just knowing how it how I felt when I found them and then how I felt with those first two albums and how, you know, all of that. And it, it just makes me it puts me in such a, a great mood to even think about that time in my life because the music was so important. And as I got older, my love for good Charlotte, I wouldn't say has, has dissipated or anything. I still love them and will listen to them. But as I got older, I kind of started branching off into other music. And so now I have a lot of bands that are sentimental to me. And, you know, obviously good Charlotte is one of those that started a lot of things for me with the rancid and everything else just coming out of that whole time period. And so um, and the fact that like my wife and I both enjoy Good Charlotte and she'll go to concerts with me and all yeah, of that, cool. you know, it, it is nice to have somebody in your life that like the same kind of music you do. She doesn't like all the music I listen to, but, you know, she can listen to Taylor Swift while I go listen to Ranted and then we can meet up and listen to Good Charlotte. So like right. it's a nice. And so um, I would say that that is has been important. Like my friends will even say like, well, I have a friend, Marissa, who's always like, sorry, I'm not playing good Charlotte radio or whatever, like right. just to make fun of me because that's what we listen to when everybody's around. It's common ground. So um, they are very important to me still. And just to look back at that time and and GC Naptown and everything and talking about it with you. I mean, it's just it, it's been such a great journey and I, I will continue to listen to them and and, and have all those great memories. I love that. And and I, I do like what you said about how, you know, you and your wife, for example, have good Charlotte in common, but you don't have necessarily the exact same taste yeah. in music. You know, I, I, I don't have like a partner right now, but I have thought about it. And I, I, I almost feel like that is, you know, it's kind of ideal because I think if you had the exact same taste in music as a partner, you know, it's like you don't get to share anything new. Yeah, right. right? 100%. Um, but it's so nice to have some things that you can share that you can connect about. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey, do you have any last words about Los Angeles worldwide, about Good Charlotte, or about yourself? N- not really. I just really, we look forward to the time that we can see Good Charlotte again together okay. and, and everything. And sitting down maybe for more than standing because getting, oh, you know, yeah. getting up there in age. But yeah, definitely something that we both look forward to and being able to experience that together. And then everybody else, you know, can have fun with it too. Amazing. Well, Casey, so I have a Generation GC and Friends Spotify playlist. So I will add Los Angeles Worldwide. I'll add some of those Branson songs we talked about before. Mm-hmm. But I would love to just hear a recommendation from you of anything you're listening to lately um, besides Good Charlotte and Rancid, I guess, that you would like us to add to the playlist. Give me uh, anything yeah. as long as it's on Spotify. Okay, cool. Um, there's a band uh, that I like called The Sewer Rats. They're a okay. kind of a surfy punk uh, band. They have a song called I'm Quitting My Job, which is a uh, fun, like, 
it's just fun. And it kind of gives me the the good Charlotte vibes of like camaraderie and, and being like these young people that are trying to do something with their life. So cool. definitely that would be something to check out. Cool. Awesome. I will add that. Casey, if people want to keep up with you and get real, I mean, what's the best way to find out about everything you're doing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, First off, I want to say thank you for letting me come on here and talk about this. Thank you. It's great to talk about something that's not, you know, fantasy football. Um, You guys can all find me on Twitter. You guys can find me at the Casey Kasem on Twitter. And my podcast is called Get Real with Casey Kasem, which can be found on most streaming platforms. So uh, it's also on Twitter at Get Real underscore pod. So that's where all the stuff's found. Amazing. Casey, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. (laughs) Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Last time we talked about accident prone, crash, Catherine, Dan, the situation, better run and between the bars, AKA all five bonus tracks from cardiology. This is our last episode before a break. And when we come back on our next episode, we'll be talking about a song from youth authority. My name is Molly Huddleston once again. And as always, I'm your host as well as the producer, creator and editor of this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleson, M-H-U-D-E-L-S-O-N, on Twitter and Instagram. Please make sure to follow and subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And if you're on Apple Music, please rate and leave a review. But most importantly, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way for the Generation GC fam to grow. Thanks for tuning in.